This is the beautiful game described by two ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus! Who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box, a hard cross, McBride scores! It's 3-0, United States! Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. Big, big episode today. We are so excited for the Women's World Cup. The 2023 World Cup is upon us. And Beamer feels like we just had a World Cup about nine months ago. Because Because we did. <laughs> because That's we all did. right. I can deal with having big soccer tournaments every year, so long as it's earned. You know, I wouldn't want a World Cup every year. And I know we have back-to-back here, like we always do with the men's and women's. The being even closer this time because yeah. of the winter summer thing but yeah looking for i've missed the women's world cup i'm glad that it's back and i'm glad the u.s has a chance to do something i hope unprecedented as we go for three straight world cup victories something that no country men's or women's has ever done no absolutely not they haven't it's going to be something spectacular looking forward to everything that's going to come over here about for the next month you just think back to covid right and everything that was going on and I know that we were recording the podcast when, like, the Bundesliga was getting back, like, fired up. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, when you look back kind of in the scope bone, that's why all of this is – it feels like there's so much happening right now because you had the Euros that were delayed a year, and then you go into the you go into the World Cup, the Men's World Cup, last year that was always going to be played in the winter. Here you sit, like, Women's World Cup. You have the Premier League starting. You've got MLS season going on right now. You have the men's Euros coming up again next year. You had the women's <laughs> Euros last. Like, there's just, I feel like for five years straight, it's just like the schedule. I mean, I know we're right in the middle of it. It's it's nonstop. I mean, every part of the calendar yeah. has something that has just been like a gigantic event on it. Yeah. So we have uh, obviously a gigantic event here with the Women's World Cup. That's why we got a gigantic guest to join us and i can't believe i'm actually speaking these words this is what's actually going to happen on this show uh coming up just a little bit later on in the episode we're going to talk to women's national team legend carly lloyd yeah yep not like a carly lloyd that is also named that ai carly lloyd no not someone who's named that who actually just played for like gahanna high school like carly lloyd the u.s women's national team legend yeah royalty of u.s soccer she will join us from Australia to break down the games and talk a little bit about what is happening and what the chances are for the U.S. women's national team, of course. Why she decided that she was going to join us, I have no idea. But we she have did. no clue. But you know what? Uh, we were told we were a part of a select little group that it was like us and where else? Kansas New- City, Kansas- oh, Boston, well, and New York. Boston, New York, Kansas City, and Columbus. What do they all have in common? Nothing. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't actually. Know. I don't. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. they picked us. They they hand picked. I have, that's they great. They hand picked us. That Carly I, wanted to talk. To. We'll take it. We will. Uh, we'll absolutely take it. Be thrilled about that. So we're going to talk to her a little bit later on. So stick around for that. Uh, let's let's set the scene a little bit in the women's World Cup. If you've not been paying attention to anything and you're not sure what's happening here, uh, yes, the U.S. women are the favorites going into this tournament, as they have been in many of these World Cups. Uh, This is a little bit different Mm -hmm. than we say this. It feels like every four years, or at least those of us who watch this stuff say it is that, yeah, every you got to watch though, because everyone's getting closer to the U S women's national team. And it's not like the women have just won every world cup ever. Right. I mean, they've lost 
plenty of World Cups. They've not lost like they a win. lot of heartbreakers. Yes, they have. Yeah. So, but this is one where they come in as the favorites. You you definitely still think they are the top of the heap. However, the margin between the top team in the World Cup, or let's say the top three or four teams yeah. in the World Cup, and teams like 9, 10, 11 in this World Cup, it's not nearly as far as it used to be. Teams that, you know, maybe never won a World Cup game or teams that are maybe not the favorites, they can pull upsets in this tournament, I think, more so than what you've seen in the past. So I will be shocked if you have a lot of games in this World Cup in the opening rounds that end up like 12 nothing laugher type yeah. games. I don't think you might see one or two of those because they expanded the field this year. Yep. But I also don't think that's going to be as likely to happen as it was years ago. No, I don't either. And I think it's a great I guess it's great that the U.S. women's national team are finding themselves having to deal with this problem because the scope of the game has gotten so much bigger uh, and everything that has come around with it. But, yeah, man, I'm excited about it. I know that these hours of the games are a little bit crazy. Like, we're very aware of that. So the U.S. women's national team. By the way, Soccer Podcast Day Thursday. If right. you were listening to this on the actual radio station at 6 o'clock, on, on Saturday, Saturday. <laughs> this game has already happened. Yes. There have been multiple games that have already gone on in the World Cup. Yeah. As of recording, there have already been games going on because there's been a game at 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Yeah. But, yes, the U.S. women's national team open up against Vietnam Friday at 9 p.m. But, yeah, the time schedule of this is crazy, man. Like, got up this morning. I'm like, oh, what's on? Like, we have the Open Championship going on in England, big golf tournament over there across the pond as well. But yeah, just looking at the field and everything and these games being at all hours of the day and midnight. I mean, you look at Spain, you look at England, they just won the Euros. Germany, of course. Australia is one of the host nations. I know they're without Sam Kerr for the first couple of games, but can she get it done? Can she find a way back? She's one of the best players. The Netherlands is good. Marta on her last run with Brazil. Like, I don't know, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty awesome. I'm excited about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is there's a lot to get to in this, and there's a lot of of like you mentioned kind of with Hitting on it, well, hitting on Marta is not exactly what I meant to say, but you get the idea. You yeah. mentioned Marta. <laughs> <laughs> Marta is one of those legendary players that we've watched for a very long time. If you've watched Bane women's of my soccer, existence oh. for one of those cup games. No, I know she's she's tremendous. Yeah, <laughs> Brazilian legend, and she is one of the people. I think she put out another like Hoga Bonita uh, soccer commercial that they had for Nike, which they did. They've done that with Brazil for years. So and good. Yes, but this this latest one is like her kicking stuff around in like a convenience store and then like yeah, I mean it's it's just it's cool to see the fact that you have all these stars of the game that we've watched for a long time, but they're transitioning out. There are a few more like obviously Megan Rapino. We know that. This is her last World Cup. This is not something that you're going to see some of those stars like Carly Lloyd who we're going to talk to. She's not playing anymore. Yeah. You know, that next crop of women's national teamers is in the is in the fold and same for a lot of these other teams too they have a lot of star power that has is on its last legs or you know has already retired so or other countries have up and coming generations where they're in it now like in yeah they're ready generations. yeah and the good thing for the u.s is this uh you could probably field a team and i'm not trying to say this in an arrogant way you could field a team as good as the other countries have gotten as good as you know the world soccer has gotten the scandinavian countries are always tough mm -hmm. You obviously know England is going to be tough. Spain is really good. France is good. Go figure. A lot of the European teams, good. <laughs> good. They, they, they take the women's game seriously there, and as, as they should. But make no mistake about it, if the women's national team fielded a bunch of players, the whole team had 
never played in the World Cup, but it was all the like young players we have in the pipeline that have never played in the World Cup, this team would still be one of the three or four favored yeah. teams in this tournament. That's how good the program is here at, at U.S. Soccer. And I would just like to take 30 seconds and make this little quick statement. And that is, say nothing of whatever you believe politically. We're not trying to get into that. But here's what I will say. For all the people who love to wrap themselves in the flag and America's the best and great, that's fine, whatever. I don't understand why that crowd has a hard time rooting for the women's national team. I don't this it. this is the, if you're, I'm not even saying I necessarily am Mr. America first. Of all, I'm just saying if that's you and you then look at the women's national team and go, uh, I don't really care. They're the most. They, they're, the, they're the most. They're the most dominant thing we have. <laughs> right. Yes. So I, I it, it boggles my mind when you see some of these people like, oh, I don't really can't stand Meg Rapino. I don't like what she said. She's one of the best you've ever seen, and she's from America. <laughs> you want to make America the best? Root for the women's national team. They're awesome. I don't awesome. like her blue hair. I know. Whatever. All right. <laughs> soapbox off i just want to point this out if you got someone in your life it's like i don't really watch it if they if they like america they should like the women's national team i don't really care about anything else on that all right uh let me get into the groups talk a little bit about what's you know who's where and all that stuff yeah, as we go into this. It. all right group a new zealand norway philippines switzerland uh I could pretend like I don't know what happened, but I'll go ahead and say we know what happened, at least in this group, at least one of the games. So New Zealand, the stakes for them coming into this one where they did not, they had not ever won a World Cup game ever. Yeah. And they take on Norway, who is... They were favored in the group. Norway favored in the group. Switzerland would probably be the next team there. And then the question was New Zealand, could they... I mean, they weren't bad. They just had never been able to pull off, like, winning a World Cup game. Well, they did. They beat Norway, so... That was the, the match. Yeah, that was the opener too. The opening match in front of a home crowd, uh, and that was that was a storyline that I got so annoyed. With. I actually ran about it on our regular show. Was there was a storyline that said, "Women's World Cup gives away twenty thousand tickets." Mm-hmm. And if you actually looked at what it was, it was a sponsor in New Zealand who gave away five thousand tickets to each of New Zealand's home games, and then I think like a next round game, basically saying we know that they wanted to get behind the New Zealand national team. Mm-hmm. But that team had not been maybe as popular as, say, the Australian women had because the Australian women have been really, really good. The Matildas are dominating. They had 77,000 people at their games. Yeah, right, right. So (laughs) they're trying to boost that fandom there. But that headline went all over the world. It's like 20,000 tickets. They're giving away tickets. They've sold a million tickets. They sold a million. A million tickets. We're going to talk about 20,000. So anyway, congrats to New Zealand on getting the opening winner. The Kiwis. Yeah. Great to see that and uh, really good for the game. So that makes that group very competitive, obviously. Philippines and Switzerland as well. Obviously, the Philippines are probably now with New Zealand getting the win. That's yeah, going to be, tough. you'd think that would be a tough road for them. But we'll find out, right? That's uh, that's why they play the game. So that should be a very interesting group, though. New Zealand winning definitely throws a little bit of a wrench into that. Uh, Australia, this is Group B, the other host country, Australia, clearly. Canada, Republic of Ireland, and Nigeria. You'd have to imagine Canada, they have a game against Nigeria coming up. You'd have to imagine that Canada favored in that with Ireland draw. And then they were close a couple of times, too. They were pressing like the last 25 minutes of that game. So do you know the story? Republic of Ireland has never qualified for the Women's World Cup. They finally did this time. Do you know the story of their game with, I believe they played Columbia in a closed-door friendly before this tournament? This was in Australia. But it was, you know, close to the media. A little fighty. 20 minutes in, 
they called the game <laughs> off because it was too feisty. And it was actually a Republic of Ireland player. I forget her name. She got one of their better players. Uh, she got uh, kind of racked in the shins and I guess had a pretty decent injury. And they gave out, in 20 minutes, they gave out two yellow cards <laughs> to, Colum- to like, Columbia. In a closed-door friendly. And, and I'm saying, like, Republic of Ireland, they are a tough team. They have already had, like, a tough – I'm saying – I'm not surprised they held their own with Australia. Yeah. If that was what they warmed up with was a match that was so violent <laughs> it got called off after 20 minutes, they were probably like, let's just play regular soccer here. Let's go out and not have to deal with possibly having this, you know, very intense friendly. Yeah. But, yeah, Australia gets it done in their first match. Canada is not going to be a slouch. Canada is a team that does tend to be a lot more – they're like, to me, what the U.S. men's team – often has been in World Cups, which is bend but don't break defensively. Plucky. Yes. Maybe seed some possession, but you are sound defensively, good goalkeeping, good back line, and if you can get a counter and if you can get, you know, that type of thing, that's where Canada, I think, has their chances. Um, so that's Group B. Uh, real quickly on – actually, we'll, we'll stop there because I want to talk about the rest of these teams, and obviously we'll get into what the U.S. women's group has to do, but – We started with the two host countries in their groups. We'll get into the rest of these groups as we go forward. You're listening to our Women's World Cup preview for 2023 right here on Bone & Beam United. talking women's world cup the 2023 tournament is upon us and we're through our previews we've done group a and group b now on to group c uh spain japan costa rica or as the english broadcasters always like to see costa rica yeah which i never get used to and zambia that is group c this group to me all these groups have some intrigue right spain to me is a very interesting team because of the fact that they have been dealing with a uh, boycott essentially by some of the players they had i want to say at one time 15 players 12 to 15 players that had said we are so frustrated with the current management of this team uh i'm trying to remember they're they're so the they're mad that jorge vilda has been retained uh they're in leadership of the team they wanted him out They did not like how they bowed out early in Euro 2022. They thought they should have been a lot better. They blamed him and the staff for a lot of those issues. Spain said, too bad. We're still going to keep him. Wow. And so a lot of the players said, no, thanks. I don't want to play. Or at least threatened to not play. One of the biggest names that had initially sat out uh, was Alexis Pateas. But she is going to play in this tournament. She is... So she is arguably the best player on planet Earth. Alexia Puteas is. I yes. mean, she is stunning. Won the Ballon d'Or a couple of years ago, then she went through an injury. We did the story a couple of a couple of months ago, I guess now, that over in Women's La Liga Barcelona, they had not lost or drawn a game in like <laughs> 63 straight matches. Who's the woman leading the charge for them? Oh yeah, that would be her. She is pretty dynamite. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, she's great. So the fact that she's back is really a good thing for Spain. And I and I've I've actually heard a few people commenting on this and I think it's it's worth noting that there are if you just like soccer, you'll like watching Spain yeah. play. They are very talented. I have heard more than a few commentators on the women's game say I'm rooting for the girls that are playing, mm-hmm. but they're not excited about Spain 
possibly winning this because then it kind of justifies leadership there, not listening to the team, not listening to what the players are saying. But they also, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a weird dichotomy. Yeah. So Spain, under normal circumstances, would be one of the favorites in this tournament because of this weird thing where, you know, they still have very good players. Mm -hmm. But some, like I was saying earlier with the U.S., they can have some of their best players sit out and they still have a bunch of great players coming up behind them. But Alexa Pateas being one of those that is playing, huge. So that's, that's a big deal for them. Uh, in this tournament, having her available is big. That too, and I'm just wondering too. Going back a few months ago to the Men's World Cup, I mean, remember how Japan scored that goal? Was it out? Was it in? That cost Germany a stage because that game was Spain against Japan in the group stage. Yeah. So now they draw each other again uh, in the group <laughs> stage. This time in the Women's right. World Cup. Yeah, yeah, and they have new they have new leadership there as well. New coach. Uh, they they were one of those teams that did not make the. Uh, they did not make it to the groups past the group stages in the last World Cup. It's not the expectations. Well, and that was when the World Cup was they had, they like I said they expanded the field this year, yeah. so that was still an easier time to make it. And they did not get there, so they have a new coach in Fatoshi Aikida. So, yeah, that's that's something they've got to make sure that 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 actually the standard that they're used to being world champions at one point they want to get back to that. So that's a big deal. Costa Rica makes their second World Cup appearance after being a debutante in 2015. They did go winless in that tournament, so this is another chance for them to actually get a victory. Uh, and Zambia is making the debut, so congrats to Zambia for getting there. Uh, it's great to see. England, China, Haiti, and Denmark in Group D. Mm. The Three lion, lions, the, the lionesses, lionesses they, they are they're tough. <laughs> they worry me more than any other team in this tournament, just from the scope of an American from the U.S. Women's National Team, they worry me than worry me more than any other team in this tournament. Yeah. No, they're flying they're, high after Euros last year. Home nation, they win that. They get that done on their home ground in Wembley. They're coming in here with something to prove, not just to the rest of the Federation in Europe, but to the entire world. Yeah. Um, since the start of 2022, England has 20 victories in all competitions. There's only one team with more wins than that in women's world soccer, and that would be the U.S. Mm-hmm. team. But still, England. Right, the women have U.S. women have twenty one, England women have twenty. Yeah, I pretty, think pretty good. You know, we're going to get to this later, but we may be on a collision course maybe. with them. Yep. <laughs> maybe indeed. Uh, now here's again. We I keep talking about. You know, we've mentioned the U.S. national team being down some players. We have injuries. We have people that have retired and moved on, and young players have to step up. England, Leah Williamson, not at this tournament. Fran Kirby, one of their I think most irreplaceable players, not at this tournament. Beth Mead. Not at this tournament. Yeah. All injured, all out. Ellen White, Jill Scott, two of their other big-time players, they've retired. So this is something, you know, where they've got a lot of youth. They've got a lot of talent that's going to have to step up, but I think they're ready for that. England will be, I think, just fine at this tournament. Is it coming home? That's what I want to know. Well, where where is home for the Women's <laughs> yeah, World? Know, to me, the Women's World Cup's home it's is here. the United States. That's right. So I would like to say it is, but not going to England. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, China's back in this one, obviously. Haiti earned a spot in its inaugural Women's World Cup after defeating Senegal and Chile in February, so that's a good thing for them. And a person that you should watch if you've not watched women's soccer, Pernil Harder, she Mm -hmm. is talented. Denmark's captain, very good player. Uh, She is an incredible player in her own right. Denmark has not been in this tournament for like the last three or four of them. I want to say the last tournament they could have qualified for but there was something to do with they gave up they forfeited a game because of again it was like 
an issue that they had with their federation yeah. and say we don't we don't want to accept that result because of something that went on and so that actually that cost them the qualification for the world cup but they stood by their principles anyway the point is this is this is a very difficult group i do think england and denmark are probably the two teams coming out of this but yeah. china could be sneaky good here so i wouldn't be surprised by that yeah i think it's england denmark all the way for me on that front um, obviously the United States, we haven't talked as much about them as I thought we would by this point, but that's okay. We're going to talk to Carly Lloyd in a few minutes. So yeah, she'll, she'll help us she'll out with that. that. Uh, but group E, United States, Netherlands, Portugal, Vietnam. Again, I feel bad for Vietnam. Vietnam feels like it's going to be they're They're probably going to not do well here. They've drawn some, some pretty tough teams. Yeah. Uh, I do think here, and I don't mean this in any type of diminutive or diminishing way, but, um, this is, this is going to be a tough test for anyone not named the U.S. in this group. Netherlands, good. Good. Very good team. They Not like the Men's World Cup, though. Yeah. Um, but don't forget, I mean, it will, I hope, be different than that game, of yeah. course. But the Netherlands and the U.S. played in 2019, and the Netherlands were limited to only eight touches mm. in the penalty area and no shots okay. in that game. So, Sounds like the MLS All-Stars against Arsenal. <laughs> well... Well, that's on next week's well, podcast. Yeah, that was not great. Uh, so there are uh, clearly some some things for Netherlands to work out for. Uh, Portugal, oddly enough, has the most combined defeats of any team in this year's World Cup versus the teams in their group because they've lost 17 times <laughs> against the teams that are in Group E. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. So, look, I'm not saying it's going to be awful there that the U.S. couldn't be tripped up a little bit and have a difficult game, but this could be a situation where in this group stage, I don't think they beat a t all these teams, you know, 15 to nothing or no. anything, but very comfortable wins, two to three goal wins, at least against the European teams. Vietnam, I think might even be a little more of a lopsided victory. Some of you already know the result of that by the time you hear this, but the point is let's just put that out there that U.S. getting out of this group seems pretty reasonable. Yeah, I think it's U.S. Netherlands probably, unless Portugal say, yeah. you know what? You know what? I here? tend to think you're right. Um, then we're going to change our 17 combined losses between <laughs> the USA and Netherlands. So I'm looking forward to Group F. I mean, yeah, Group France F's going to be. France and Brazil. Like, yeah. Okay, sign me up for that one. Uh, so Irv Renard now takes over for France, uh, who is a quite legendary coach. He's coached quite a few teams in his day. Uh, so France, Brazil, Jamaica, Panama here, France and Brazil, you assume are the two teams coming out. Yep. Brazil is not nearly as, uh, as much of a sure thing in, you know, the women's side of the bracket as they are in the men's side of the bracket necessarily, but they are still extremely talented. Tons of, tons of players there that'll give them a good shot. And I'm sure that Marta wants a correct send off. I would think so too. Yeah. And don't sleep on this. Uh, Jamaica, K Khadija Shaw, who goes by Bunny Shaw, okay. if you see her, 56 goals. She leads mm. Jamaica in scoring. She is extremely talented, one of the best players in this tournament. And uh, do we have how many more? I think a couple more here. Group G, we've got uh, this is Sweden, South Africa, Italy, Argentina. Sweden, clear favorites to yep. me in this group. They have Scandinavians, always, man. Yeah, they're tough. They're tough. So I think it comes down to those other three countries, though, South Africa, Italy, and Argentina. I think could be very competitive, all three of them with each other. So we'll see how that one goes. Group H, it's Germany, Colombia, South Korea, and Morocco. Germany, big, big favorites. Big favorites, but don't forget what I said about that Colombia team. Yeah. This is the team that had the closed door friendly that got ended after 20 minutes because they were so physical. Now they've refuted that and said that's not the case. They're making this all to be a big <laughs> nothing. But you know those Irish. 
Well, maybe. The, the, I'll tell you this. The Colombian national team supposedly is one of the most physical teams in this tournament. We will find out if that bears you know true. Who else is physical? Germany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Germany, good. Uh, we'll take a break. We're going to talk and switch gears here. We're going to talk to U.S. women's national team legend Carly Lloyd. I'll have a panic attack. <laughs> Because you're excited to talk to her because she's a legend. She's royalty. Talk to her, and then we'll come back and wrap this thing up and tell you what you think the U.S. women's national team is going to do. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. What a moment! Now back to Bone and Beam United. Now joining us, a pretty special guest, uh, probably one of the most famous people that either Beam or I have ever talked to. I have been very nervous for, like, (laughs) the last five days Yes, she is a national team legend, an American legend, an American hero. Carly Lloyd joining us now to talk some Women's World Cup. Carly, how are you? I'm good. All the way from Sydney. I'm good. How about you guys? Yeah, this is pretty cool that you're, you know, Fox has you on the broadcast. You're in the studio, right? In the in Australia, but in the, the main studio when they're going to come back to, you know, in between all the games. That's a pretty difficult job just from a broadcaster standpoint. I don't envy the amount of prep work I'm sure that you've been going through these last few months. Yeah, it's, you know, like anything. I mean, it's it's really kind of ultimately how prepared you want to be. And for me, I'm I'm no uh you know, a person who doesn't shy away from preparing and trying to be the best that I possibly can be. So it's been it's been really fun. I mean, obviously following around the NWSL and women's national team and, you know, internationally and abroad. Um but yeah, we get to talk about, you know, this beautiful game. I'll be on uh pregame, halftime, post game. And uh yeah, very, very busy schedule. Um I got I got to get my feet wet for about eight working days in Qatar for the men's world cup and now I'm scheduled to be working pretty much every single day. So um really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's a festival of soccer, it's a festival of football, it's awesome. Anytime World Cup comes around, just from a perspective, Carly and you know, T-Bone and I, we've we've talked about, you know, the women's game on our podcast. And I think we saw, I think it was a few years ago, maybe four or five years ago, Wolfsburg and Arsenal were playing in the Women's Champions League over in Europe and UEFA. And I think they had 5,000 people in attendance. And then fast forward to this year, like they sold out, sold out the Emirates uh, for that semifinal, I believe it was. Just, I mean, you've been in the game for so long and it's awesome. I've seen they sold over a million tickets in Australia. It's unbelievable. Uh, the coverage has gotten significantly better for you starting out, obviously playing through it, winning a couple of World Cups, being in four yourself, now being on the other side of it. I mean, what's that been like to see the growth of the game? Because, I mean, from 30,000 feet where we're sitting, I mean, it's been pretty terrific. It's been great. Uh, when I first started out with the national team, we were barely maybe getting 5,000 fans at our games. And, you know, for the for the last, I don't know, I want to say seven, eight years, the team has, you know, been selling out stadiums pretty much everywhere they go. So, um, you know, from a from a global stage, uh, there's just been more investment, more support, more TV coverage um, all around the globe to to really showcase these amazing women and the product on the field. And, you know, you have easy access to be able to watch the Women's Champions League and, you know, the Women's the FA Cup. Um, and it's been, you know, it's been really great. And, and this world cup is going to be a reflection of all of that, all of that, that I just stated, because this is going to be the first world cup where there's 32 teams. Uh, there's eight debutantes that are going to be part of this, which is super inspiring. 
and um, it's going to be the biggest, the best, and most competitive World Cup to date. And so that's a reflection of how far the game has come, truly. And, um, you know, we want to see it continue to just keep on growing. Well, obviously, it would be quite the interview if we did this and didn't ask you for your thoughts on the women's national team and their chances. <laughs> that would kind of be a missed opportunity, I think. So let's get into that. A uh, little bit of a, not a little bit, a lot of a kind of a sea change for this team, right? Because, you know, Alex Morgan is still there. She's a focal point of the offense. Megan Rapino likely coming off the bench here. Those are two that that obviously played a lot of minutes with you, and obviously you have a lot of experience with with those players. But behind them, there's a new generation of talent and a generation of talent that is going to have to step up in big ways because there's quite a few injuries on this team too. Yeah, I mean, the general theme, I think, with a lot of the teams is is injuries. And, uh, you know, as as we know, that's that's part of sport. Uh, hopefully there's no more significant injuries, but it's likely that it, it may happen throughout the tournament. Um, but, you know, I think this is obviously the first wave where, you know, we're seeing uh, a lot of the players that everybody's kind of been used to for the last couple of decades just no longer be there. Um, you mentioned Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, you know, Becky Sauerbrunn, unfortunately, uh, is injured and, and didn't get selected. Um, so, you know, there's a lot more new than, than there is, you know, the older generation players. Um, I, I think that at some point, you know, this was the way that it's going to be. And, and I, you know, will imagine the next World Cup, um, you know, probably the same similar players, but uh, you, you most likely won't see a lot of those players that have been around for a while. So, um, you know, I've been asked the question, you know, how are they going to do? And uh, I honestly don't know. Uh, I think it's so hard to predict any team to potentially lift this trophy. Uh, but I also think this is the first World Cup where it is just really difficult because there's so many different factors, um, you know, getting to that seventh game and being able to lift that trophy. It's, it's so, so hard. And, and I really believe that, uh, you know, it can go either way. Um, do I think that the U S can go all the way and win it? They can absolutely. Uh, they have the talent, they have the depth, they have, you know, the experience, they have that, that mentality and, and the DNA that's been in the team since the inception. So I do, do I think that maybe they could potentially be knocked out in, you know, quarterfinal rounds? Um, that could potentially happen too. So I, I just think that this is just a really hard World Cup to predict. And I, I think people forget how, how small the gap was in 2019. Um, you know, if we had a, a couple of plays that maybe went uh, a, a little bit differently or called differently, uh, or Megan Rapino steps up and doesn't make some of those crucial PKs, um, you know, it could have it could have ended in a totally different way. So it's going to be really exciting, and um, you know, I'm I'm going to be really obviously invested in it and, and watching all the games. But there are some exciting players on the U.S. team. There's also some really exciting players uh, throughout the rest of the World Cup especially some of the young players. So it's uh, just really going to be exciting. Yeah, it's going to be terrific as we check in with Carly Lloyd, U.S. Women's National Team icon, hero, all the things that she's accomplished, everything 
in the game of soccer that you could possibly want. Two-time cup champion as well. We would be remiss, Carly, if we didn't mention one familiar name around these parts, at least doing a show in the state of Ohio. We're very familiar with Rose Lavelle out of Cincinnati. What can we expect out of Rose this tournament? I know she's gone through a little bit of an injury. She had a setback in the month of May, but now you look at her as a veteran on this team. What does she bring in the hopes of the U.S. hoisting a third straight World Cup? Yeah, I love Rose Lavelle. Um, you know, she's been an uh, incredible teammate and, you know, it's just done really well on the national team. The biggest thing for Rose is to stay healthy. Um, we know that she's, you know, kind of coming into this uh, World Cup uh, having not played since April when she picked up uh, an, an injury and then I think had a, a little bit of a setback. But when Rose is healthy, um, you know, she she's an incredible player, um, able to unlock defenses, you know, take players on the dribble, um, playing through balls, you know, shots from distance. Um, you know, she's she's just a really fun, creative player. And so uh, hopefully, you know, she's she's doing well and um, she's going to play a definitely play a crucial, crucial role in, in helping this team go really deep. Carly, I think it's safe to say, speaking for T-Bone and myself, that this was one of the coolest things that we have ever gotten to do. I know the time schedule was pretty crazy. You guys are 14 hours ahead uh, in Sydney. Like I said, we dearly, dearly appreciate it. I know that you made our week. You probably made our month and most likely our year. You're the absolute best. Best of luck on the coverage this year and go USA. All right. Appreciate it. Great chatting with you guys. We'll come back, give you our final thoughts on the World Cup next. You're listening to Bonabeam United. a pretty amazing thing. Talk to Carly Lloyd, U.S. soccer legend, right here on Bowdoin Beam United. Glad for her time. We thank her for doing that. How are you feeling, Beam? I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. I almost had a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nerve-wracking talking to uh, I've never talked. I've never talked to anybody that has a World Cup, let alone two of them. Right. And also FIFA Player of the Year. I've, right. I've, I've I mean, never, you, just, you don't talk to a lot of people like, like that in your life. I know. <laughs> Same here. Same here, buddy. I'm with you. Well, peel back of the curtain, too. Um, we did that a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. I was deathly nervous. <laughs> you, know, you can attest to that. I you was were, you nervous. were, I, You were in like a, I don't want to say a catatonic <laughs> state before and after, but you were just... I think I could have lit myself on fire and you'd have been like, that's, I don't, I don't good for you. That. I'm, I'm so focused on this interview. <laughs> you were just had one track and one thought, but yeah, it was great talking with her. We had a, a really good chat there and appreciated her time. And yeah, it was really cool. She, um, she worried me a little bit with her stance on the national team. Oh uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> here, here's the thing. And I, I've, I felt this and we were talking to her and I, I'll see what you, if you read it this way, I feel like, you, me, and most analysts are going to look at this women's national team, and we know the standard, and yeah. we know how good they can be, and we it's know so how good daunting. they are. Yes, the star- the standard's high, but we also know that there is a lot of talent there. We're looking at some of these other teams and going, they're really good, but they have to go measure themselves against this women's national team in a World Cup. And yes, this women's national team, this this U.S. team has had a lot of change in it. There are a lot of players there that are not they're not, they're not afraid of this stage, not no. afraid of this moment. What's well, what they've been working for their entire lives? Well, this, some of them have done it yes, before. Yes. A lot of them have not. Oh, of course, right. This is a big but it's but it's not like, "Oh my gosh, I'm nervous. I can't believe it's my chance." It's a lot of people going, "Finally, yeah. I get to show what I can do," right? So I wonder if for us looking at it on the outside, we're like, "Yeah, they'll still be really good." Carly Lloyd, having been a player, mm-hmm. And now this being one of the first chances she's had to 
step away from those roles and step away from being that big of a part of the game. And now she's analyzing it, not in a way that you would maybe as a player because you're just so focused on what you have to do. I wonder if maybe she's a little more critical of the team that she was a part of, right? I think every analyst goes through that when they first start because they played, they have their opinions, and then what are they looking at versus, you know, yeah, this is good, but is it going to be as good as what we did? And do they really, you know what I mean? They're almost as like a caretaker aspect to that sure. of like, like I wouldn't criticize anybody else's kids, but my own kids in my head, I'm like, ah, they shouldn't be doing hell. that. You yeah. know, like they shouldn't be doing that. Why yeah. are they doing that? Yeah. So yeah, like you can be a little more critical of your own people, of the group that you feel ownership of. So maybe that's a little bit what's going on there. I'll say this for the women's national team. If you doubt the standards of this team, and if you don't know this, this is just how the U.S. rolls around the world. Uh, they got to Australia. FIFA had given them sites. This is months and months ago, right? Where they said, here are your training ground options. Where would you like to go? They do this with all the teams, right? They have options of where they can go. And so they looked at all the options and said, none of these are up to the standards that we expect. And none of these are up to what we want for our players. You're talking like training grounds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like they're they have a headquarters where they go in and they they're there all day, right? This is where they It's where they live for the next month. Yeah, more or less. When they're not at the hotel, they get there, they have, you know, a, a the training staff has them on tables and, and wrapping up their ankles and whatever. They've got whatever they need, recovery stuff, ice baths, hot tubs, whatever. All that's in a facility. And they looked around and said, None of what you're offering us is gonna fit what we need and the equipment we're gonna bring. So they just built their own. They looked at the field that they were given and the options. They said, we'll take the best one. And then they went about acquiring the land around it and built a second <laughs> field next to it so that they had one that they said, well, this actually matches what we need. I'm just telling you, man, not every team does that. It's like Germany and back in Brazil a few years ago. Yes, for the World Cup. right. I'm saying how did that World Cup end up. They beat Brazil seven to one and then they hoisted the World Cup. <laughs> Germany. Good. In, in men's soccer and in women's soccer, they're the number two team, as we were talking about a few segments ago, uh, the number two team in the world rankings. Number one is uh, the one that we're talking about. It's also pretty amazing that you can be like, hey, FIFA, go blank yourself. Well, I mean, FIFA can say You're these, are the, the, these are the locations that, I mean, that might Australia, be standard. Australia has a lot of nice areas, I'm yeah. quite sure, and they said that's good. We're not Australia. I'm sure there's a little bit of a power move there, oh, too, to be like, of course oh, the, is. this is good enough for the Matildas, not good enough for the U.S. national yeah, team. Sorry, it's not. A little, it's a little <laughs> bit of a highbrow society that we're living in. I think it's great. It's awesome power move. Yeah. So I'm going to just I'm going to throw this out there. And I know this sounds like typical American. What else are you going to say? I feel really confident about this team getting it done yet again. I'm not saying it in the sense that I think it's going to be easy. They are going to have some very difficult matches. And if you listen to us six months ago or three months ago talking about this, I was very nervous about this national, this women's So team you've gone opposite of me. Yeah, I've actually gotten closer to it and feel more confident about this team. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and I'm, I'm starting to feel more and more like this team, the, the, the young talent they have on this roster now is so good. I'm not nearly as concerned. The way, like, you've got so many players now that are... Sophia that are, Smith... Trinity like, Rodman making their debuts. Like. Yeah, like Trinity Rodman specifically, and Sophie Smith is phenomenal. Yeah. Like she, she, she's one of the top five players in the world yeah. for me. Yes, Trinity Rodman, I think after this tournament may come out as being in these like top twenty-five player discussions. Like she's going to wow some people. I feel like in this tournament. So, but those, yes, I mean that the young talent is not lacking in any way, shape, or form for this team. So, I'm fairly confident 
for the U.S. women. I am, and I say this with, I mean, uh, I guess a little bit of nervousness to me. I think the expectations for this team are different inside that building than what they are for the fans. Like, I think you and I are expecting both, you and I both are expecting this team to get back to a final. They're expecting to win the final. England really scares me. England, with what they did and winning the Euros and then coming in, and there's something to be said about confidence. And, you know, sometimes you're you're too young and your team, and I think both of them kind of have that going. Both have big-time injuries that they're going to battle through. Like Carly mentioned, like Rose Lavelle, can she get back on the field? Like, that's going to be a huge piece if they're yeah. able to get her back and healthy, then I think they may swing that may swing swing things in the favor of the U.S. But yeah, it's just they really England scares me, and I think it's a freight train collision for Team One and Team Two between those two nations for this World Cup. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. If there was a team that you thought could maybe come in as a a dark horse there outside of U.S. and England, uh, I I think France. Yeah, that was going to be mine. Is a is I know you love France. You yeah. are Mister France. I am. You are in the in yeah. the men's side and the women's yeah. side. I think France and Germany are the two I would be concerned about. And I'm I'm not remembering what all the different brackets look like there to say who can get where. But if the U.S. comes across one of those two, I would be concerned as well. But here's the reality, man. U.S. Women's National Team sets the standard in this World Cup. Yeah. They are the best team coming into this tournament. They are the top organization. Top to bottom, I don't just mean players. I mean coaches, training staff, Everything. philosophy, culture. They have it all. It will be immensely disappointing if they don't walk away doing something unprecedented and hoisting their third straight <laughs> World Cup that no country has ever done in a World Cup. But that's my prediction. That's what I'm hoping to see. Are you there with me? Yeah, I'll say it. Why not? Let's go. All right, there you go. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the World Cup. We'll see you next week on Bowdoin Beam United.